Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Movement Church. I am so honored and excited to get to be with you today. Hey, I've got a problem here because I don't know how to unlock my iPad with no hands. There we go. There we go. We're back on track, guys. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you today, and I am excited to be a part of this Walking with Wisdom series, but before I dive in, I just have to give honor where honor is due. We have the most incredible pastors that gave me the honor and privilege to stand here today, but what people don't know is that they are the real deal. Like every bit of what you see on this stage, that is what they are behind the scenes, and I just want to stop and say thank you for letting me get to see the behind the scenes and for being the incredible leaders that we all know that you are. So thank you for letting me have the honor. Yeah, give it up for Pastor Carrie and Megan. Well, I just want to get right into it today. Is that okay with you guys? We're going to be, we are diving into week three of walking in wisdom. And I hope by now you've kind of started to catch on that wisdom is spiritual. Like, it's not just understanding, it's not just knowledge, it's actually a spiritual discipline. Wisdom isn't just knowledge, it's righteous understanding. And this is important because you have a plethora of wisdom at your fingertips. And what you don't need is more Instagram quotes to telling you to do you, okay? Like, if that was all you needed, then you wouldn't be sitting here today. What you actually need is righteous understanding and right application of wisdom, So let's dive in. Our theme verse for this series is Proverbs 7, 1 through 4. It says, My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Wisdom, doesn't that just sound like the most innocuous thing we could attempt to acquire is wisdom? But... When you actually dive into the, into the Proverbs, if you've been reading with this 31-day Proverbs challenge that Pastor Megan challenged us with right out the gate, then it becomes clear that the divide between the wicked and the wise is really huge, right? It's very clear. It doesn't mince words, and we don't really like that, right? Because we're like, can we just make it a little bit gray, right? Because I just, I feel like what I'm doing is okay, right? That would be like way better. But that's not what the proverb says. It's so clear. And in week one, Pastor Megan did an incredible job of telling us about how he had four things we had to guard, our lips, our eyes, our path, and our heart. And in week two of this series, Pastor Carrie unpacked how we have to crave wisdom and crave being teachable, And today, we're going to dive into the words that you speak. Ouch. Like, right out the gate, when I saw this is what I was preaching about, I was like, are they sure that that I need to be talking about this? But I've done a lot of research about this, and I just know that God has a word for you today. The Bible is clear that God cares about the things that we say. In Matthew 12, he says that we'll be accountable to every idle word that we speak. What we say matters to God. And if you've been reading along in the Proverbs, you know that it has a lot to say about the words that we speak, about what foolish 
mouths do. In fact, it says in Proverbs 18 that a fool's lips walk into a fight. I mean, that might be me. Um, And his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. I think that God has something to teach us today. Let's pray. God, I just ask that you would show up in this place, God. Would you bring conviction? Would you bring healing? And would you most of all give us righteous understanding and how we need to speak? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, we just read that a fool's lips walk into a fight and a mouth deserves a beating. Well, if you had known me as a teenager, you would know that this verse is so true. Um, I had a mouth of a warrior. My parents said that I was a warrior in training because I could win every single disagreement, every argument. It did not matter. Like if I walked in two minutes late to my curfew, I could somehow prove that it wasn't actually two minutes late. It was so infuriating for my mother. Um, and this is healing for her right now. Mom, like, hi, I'm sorry. This, this, I'm saving you some therapy right now by admitting this publicly, that I was just something to deal with with my mouth. And uh, when I was 13, we went to my grandmother's house for a family dinner for a birthday celebration. And I don't, I don't even know what I was mouthing off about because that was such commonplace that like that's not even a memory that I could pull out for you to tell you. Um, but I was mouthing off about whatever, and we're at the dinner table, the entire family is represented, and I had just crossed a line with my mom. And my mom looks at me, and she says, if you say that, if you talk to me like that one more time, and we all know if you're a mom, you know, like, this is what comes out of your mouth next is really important, because you have to be ready to follow through, right? And my mom says, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. And and I don't know, I took inventory in that moment, and I was thinking, like, you know, family occasion, that that would be really embarrassing, that would really make a scene, like, there's no way she's doing this. So, like, every self-respecting, rebellious teenager would do. I turned to my mom, I looked her in the eye, and I said, you wouldn't dare. I did not know my mom could move so fast because I suddenly found myself in the guest bathroom of my grandmother's house where she was desperately looking for a bar of soap. However, there was not a bar of soap. So my mom, not to be outdone by my mouth, finds a pump of dial soap, a hand pump, to where she makes me stick out my tongue and squirt the soap into my mouth. Like, that's commitment right there. She was ready for it. Um, But just like my mom was serious that day about my mouth needing to be washed out, Proverbs is very serious about the words that we speak. And we're going to hone in on one specific scripture in Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I'm going to read that again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. See, your words have power. They don't just matter. They actually carry power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, if you have a church background at all, you might have heard this verse before. And there is an entire subgroup of people that have 
created a theology called name it and claim it, saying there's power in my tongue, so if I say something, God's going to do it, right? Well, I don't know about you, but I tried really hard to make a 1985 CJ7 Jeep show up in my driveway, but that did not work out for me. I'm still, like, naming and claiming that one. I'll let you know. Um, but that's not actually what this verse is about. This verse says, that's honing in on the wrong word of just the power, but it's important to look at the entire context, the power of life and death. You see, in Genesis at creation, God created us in everything by speaking. He, he created us in his image. In Genesis 2-7, it says, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. In Hebrew, that word for living being actually means speaking spirit. God created us a speaking spirit. Now, I love this because God being the Father created us. They gave us identity, and he called us a speaking spirit, where Jesus is the word made flesh, and we know that the Holy Spirit is spirit. I see that he's already at work in who he is as he's creating us in his image. We're speaking spirits. But let's get back to the specific focus for today. The power of death and life are in the tug. One or the other. James 3, 3 through 5 says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pirate directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. See, your mouth is actually determining your direction. That's what that just said. The mouth is the rudder of a large ship. The words that you speak are actually determining the direction of your life. Mouths, or words are associated with movement. It's a direction. And the more you talk, the harder you're pressing on the gas pedal in the direction of your words. Andy Stanley says, direction, not intention, determines destination. I'm going to say that again. Direction, not intention, determines destination. You see... Many of us intend to have healthy relationships. We intend to have healthy marriages, wonderful friendships, a beautiful family. But the direction of our words has determined the course. See, a paraphrase of Proverbs 18 could say, the quality of your life is dependent upon the words that you speak. Is it possible that you through the words that you speak, just might have driven your relationships to exactly where they are? Is it possible that those relationships you're really wanting to see change, you might have taken them to exactly where they are with your words? There's power in your words. You see, we have to choose to speak life. Now, what I'm not saying is, is that you have to ignore everything. You have to live in la-la land and all good things, we only say good things. If anything bad happens, we just smile and say something good. That's not what I'm saying. We don't actually have to choose. That's where righteous wisdom comes in, the righteous understanding and application. We don't have to ignore it, but we do have to speak life. Things can be where they are right now, but that doesn't mean they have to always stay there. We have to speak life. I encourage you to take a good look at where your relationships really are. 
the you are here dot on the map at the mall. You can't go anywhere if you don't know where you currently are. If you go into Google and you say, I want to go somewhere else, it needs to know right where you're at to figure out where you're going. Where are your relationships at right now? Your non-negotiable reality. It's okay wherever you're, wherever you're at. But then you need to take a look at where your, your relationships, you want them to be. And you get to chart the course with your words. If you want your spouse to be the spiritual leader of your home, then you need to talk to them like they're the spiritual leader of your home. Whew, I've been through that one before. We think, I'm going to set the example of what the leader should look like. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. All we're doing is talking to them like they're a follower. you got to find what can be praiseworthy and praise it. You want to find what you want repeated and reward it. Speak to it. You know, I just saw on TikTok, because all important information of life can, comes from TikTok, um, that your skin cells actually, like, every single, I don't know if this is even accurate, so if someone Google it, let me know later, email me, um, but every single skin cell in your entire body actually replaces itself every 30 days. Like, I have some confusing questions about some scars I have, but that's, you know, a whole different problem. Um, and, and actually, there's a famous leader that says that anything you haven't said in the last 30 days, you cannot expect your employees to have remembered it. So you think, like, this is what we always do, but if you haven't said it in 30 days, like, then you cannot expect them to have remembered it. I just wonder what maybe you haven't said in the last 30 days to the people in your life, and you're thinking, like, they should know. Like, they should know how awesome they are. They should know that I chose them, my spouse. Like, I gave up my whole life, but then they should know that I love this life. Do they know? Do they know? We have to speak life. If you're a teenager and you have a struggle with relationships and you're feeling left out, how can you chart the course in those relationships? What words can you speak to make those relationships come to life where you can be fully seen and known? They want that too. Adults, are you ready to be vulnerable in relationships and have a real conversation? Those of you that are married, is your marriage full of affirmation or at best cohabitation? We can chart the course with your words. Proverbs 12:18 says, there is one who speaks rashly, like the thrust of a sword. That's that was me. <laughs> There's one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See, there was a time in my marriage with Scott early on. I think both of us would have told you early on that Scott was verbally abusive at times when he got frustrated and did not handle his anger. It's a long time ago. I'm okay, guys. <laughs> but the truth is, we both were, maybe in different ways. I was always ready with a list of every single thing he did wrong, every word he said wrong. You could have said this better. We could have left five minutes ago. Why didn't you already plan for this dinner? Whatever it is, I had a list locked and loaded all the time. That's no, who wants to be married to that? He didn't. <laughs> I'm joking. Thank you, babe. I love you. I love you for being here. Thank you for letting me tell that story. You know, my little lawyer's mouth of mine had blossomed into judge, jury, and executioner. I was locked and loaded all the time. You know, in your marriage, you may win the disagreement, but you're losing the agreement. 
you know, I had to go through a season where I was willing to daily take those thoughts captive. Every day I had to deal with it. I, had to, I went through something called the, brain, the 21 Day Brain Detox by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Highly, highly, highly recommend. In fact, I think if you text BRAIN to the Movement Church number, you can get a PDF sent to you of what to do. Because I set it up myself because I've told so many of you one-on-one in this church that you need to go do it. It transformed my life. And I'm not talking about just therapy. I'm not talking about just talking out the things that happened to me. I'm talking about submitting to the Holy Spirit and submitting to conviction on where I needed to change and what thoughts I needed the Holy Spirit to renew in my mind. You see, there's a process to renewal. And I believe so strongly that you can't get it by scrolling on Instagram and hoping that the mantras will fill up your soul and change who you are. You actually have to do the daily work of surrender. I believe that if you surrender to the identity of the Father and surrender to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and use the word of God that is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, sharper than it can divide between soul and spirit, that's the word of God that you need in your life. You know, I will never forget that after I had done that season of going through that and renewing my spirit every day in that process, that I will never forget that Scott transformed in front of me. He didn't even know I did this. He had no idea that I had put, went through this process and praying for our marriage and wanting to change the way I saw things, that I wanted to put hope back in. He had no idea, but he transformed in front of me, and he did nothing differently. It was my eyes. I will never forget, we're in a, we were in a fight one time, and usually I'm so ready with points A through F with evidence also, that all of a sudden I will never forget, we're in the heat of an argument, and I just go, you're just stupid. <laughs> and then I immediately just bust out laughing, like we're in a very serious argument, and I just busted out laughing, and I'm not suggesting you should call your spouse stupid, but... I answered, that was winning for me. It was like I had, my list was gone because God had transformed me. You know, inside your marriage, if as the two of you become one, it's so easy to fill your marriage with critique. And I've learned that for me that happened because as we became one, I was critical of myself. You know, in fact, recently my son... Uh, going through the pandemic and school from home, first year of middle school, that was super fun, guys. Like, let's not do that again. <laughs> um, but I have my son, Tyler, who is 13. Um, he was at home, and we, it, was, it was a rough year for all of us, including our teenagers, right? It'd be nice if in the future, if our teenagers could have a rough year on different years as the adults are having rough years. That's my submission box to life. Um, but he was having a rough time, and I won't forget, he broke my blender, my Vitamix blender, okay? That's, like, real important to me. <laughs> and he broke it. It was a complete accident, complete accident. But as soon as it happened, I'm walking in, and I'm telling myself, just calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. This is going to be okay. And I walk in, he's already a mess. He's already a mess and so upset and saying things like, I'm so stupid. I can't, I'm never going to get anything right. I always break things. I'm never going to get anything right. And I remember thinking, who told you that? Like, who would ever tell you that? Where did that voice even come from? 
And then the next time something happened, out of my mouth came to Tyler, what is wrong with you? Ooh, I told him that. And I remember thinking to myself, how did that even come out of me so quickly and easily? I don't talk to anybody else in my life that way. And I remember the Holy Spirit said, because you talk to yourself that way. And I was like, ooh. You see, this brings me to my next point. We internalize what we speak. If we back up just a little bit in Proverbs 18, it says, A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. You see, there's a cyclical nature to the words that we speak and to how we see and internalize the world. There's a famous author, Brene Brown. Some of you may know her. She talks about a crappy first draft. It's a concept show. She doesn't call it crappy. So if you go and read the books, like, it's just, I'm helping you out here, okay? She calls it a crappy first draft. And what we do is we experience pain in life. And we come up with our own idea of why that happened and how it happened and what your motivations were and why you spoke to me like that and why you didn't text me and invite me to that. And we have this crappy first draft because it was all completely made up by me, myself, and I, right? Like nobody else got to speak into that. I came up with this idea on my own of what took place in that relationship. We call that a crappy first draft because it's completely crappy right? There's no, there's no redemption in it. But we rehearse it over and over again until it becomes truth. And here, you know what we're really good at? We're really good at sniffing out the people in our life that are going to agree with our crappy first draft, right? The first phone call when we're frustrated is the person who we, is going to be like, they said what? How dare they? Don't they even know? What were they, like, that is exactly, like, that's who we're calling, right? Like, speed dial the person in your life that is going to agree with everything that you're saying. Which is funny when you had a funny fight with your husband that doesn't, like, matter for all of life. But it can be real devastating when you have real pain. When a leader in your life hurts you. Or you have questions and you don't know what to do with them. And you make up your entire story. And then you have someone else agreeing with you. See, the power in the life and tongue is in the agreement. You have to agree with life or agree with death. That's where the power is. We've perfected the cycle. When we're hurt, we seek out the people that are going to agree with us. This is why we have to rehearse the truth. You know, when we send Marines, people to become a Marine, and we're eventually going to send them to war, we don't just, like, put them on a plane and send them to war. Like, that would, that would be the worst strategy ever, right? We send them to boot camp and lots of other training grounds where they actually get to walk through what they're going to face later. They actually have to go through the motions and deal with live fire and all of the things that are chaotic about war because that way later on when they're actually in a war situation, they know exactly what to do and they go straight into that muscle memory. We've got to make sure that our responses to pain and frustration, our muscle memory, the things of God. And that only happens if we rehearse the truth, if we actually spend time with God. This is why we over and over and over and over and over again tell you to spend time with God every day. We create systems like step reading where you can go on and find out exactly what to read today. This is why we tried to beg you to buy the Proverbs book and read all 31 chapters this month. 
Because if you don't know what the word of God says, and you don't spend time every day rehearsing the actual truth, you won't know what to do when you're in a live fire situation. And that's what our life is. We're in a live fire situation all the time. We have a very real enemy, the devil, who is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's a liar and the father of lies. And he has a specific direction for your life, and he's not going to shut up about it. You know, our words are powerful when they are agreeing with one of the spiritual forces at play in this world, life or death. And we can either use our words to agree with the God of this universe who has good plans for your life and wants good things for your future, or the enemy of our soul who is locked and loaded, always ready to tell you how this is never going to work out for you. This relationship is never going to change. You're never going to be good enough. There's nothing in this life for you. You see, we read about the fruit, those who love of it. We eat of its fruit. Oh, this is so disgusting, it's stuck. You know, we have a choice every time we speak, good fruit or bad fruit. What are you going to speak out? Because what you're speaking out, that's what you're eating. And so many times we choose to speak out the things that are in agreement with the forces of evil in this world to the people that we love most. The people that love us the most, we're locked and loaded, ready to take a big bite. <laughs> Can't. I wish I loved you guys that much, but I just don't. <laughs> you know, if you're going to speak life, you have to know what the author of life says. You need to know what the word of God says. You need to know what words to line your words up with in agreement. This book of the law shall not depart from your lips. It's the word of God. Don't let it depart from your lips. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You know, before I come up here, I even had to tell myself all the things that I know that God has said about me. I told myself, the God who strengthens me and made my way blameless. He's the God that made my feet like the feet of the deer and set me secure upon the heights. He... His, he trains my hands for war so that my arms are strong to bow the bend of bronze. He secured me with his righteous right hand. And he gave me the shield of salvation. I told that to myself as I walk on this stage because I need to rehearse the truth. Because like I said, the enemy of your soul is locked and loaded, ready to tell you everything but the truth. You have to speak words of life over yourself and over the people that you love. You know, in a message like this about our words, where I've already told you how I've messed up in pretty much every relationship I have in my life, it's easy to feel conviction or condemnation. And let me just tell you the difference, just in case no one's ever told you. What the voice of condemnation says is that you'll never get this right. There's no hope here. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. That's the voice of condemnation where the, the word of God says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But conviction, conviction is just the you are here dot that we talked about earlier. This is where you're at. But come on, I've got something more for you. We have an opportunity 
we have an opportunity to move forward into the luxurious life that God has for us. It's not easy. It's not easy to bite your tongue. My goodness. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. You know, those of some of you, as you think about that you are here, where you're really at in your life, may recognize that you might be far from God and not know who he is or be running from him. And I want to give those of you who feel that way an opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart and change the course of your life. But before we do that, I just wanted to take a moment as I was praying for this message and I was praying about the words that we speak, I felt so clearly that the Lord said to, that some of you have been hurt by people who call themselves Christ followers, by a parent or a leader or a friend or a pastor in your past that has spoken something to you that has hurt so badly that has put a wall up between you and God. And I just wanted to take a moment to say, I'm sorry. As a pastor, I'm sorry. If that was you, God has healing for you. You can tear down the wall. He loves you. And those words don't have to hurt anymore. I'm sorry. And if that was you, that you have a wall up against God, I just want to give you an opportunity right now to tear the wall down and accept him for who he is because he loves you. It's all just power heads. And if that's you, will you just pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, forgive me. I just want to live my life connected to who you are. I praise you, and I thank you for what you're going to do in my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.